It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 155. 155. Of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. 1 plus 5 is 6. 6 plus 5 is 11. One, 11 is 1 and 1, which makes 2. And <laughs> <laughs> 2 out of 2? Or 2 out of 10? Because uh, I, I don't know. I lost it. All right. That one time worked so well. I know. I keep hoping something something beautiful and inspirational will come. But hey, it's just like normal church life because I mean we have we have a good idea and then it works well and then we just try to recreate it over and over again. <laughs> right. <laughs> and every time we recreate it, it just doesn't kind of loses a little does, more. Yeah, of its it doesn't quite edge. work the same. <laughs> Well, we are glad you're here. Right off the bat, we want to get you uh, our information so you can go check us out. WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com is where you can find us. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash WMCatalyst, facebook.com slash WorshipMinistryCatalyst, and you can send an email to David at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. Or Kevin at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. And you can leave a voicemail at 360-818-4339. And we love hearing from you. And uh, make sure you're checking out the blog, WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com, and the new uh, contributors and the articles they're sharing. So last month we talked about um, introducing new music and and, and what uh, what that should look like and, and things to consider. And it's not just, uh, you know, five or six different articles on Here's how you introduce a new song. It's, you know, how should you go about picking your music? What are some deeper things you should think about when you're choosing new songs for your church and things like that? So you want to go check those out as well. But um, it's June. Wow. June 4th. It is. You just had an anniversary. Yes. I'm having an anniversary in three days. Yeah. So is, is your anniversary June 1st? Or, or May, May 31st. May 31st. Okay. Yeah, and so you're one week later. Yep. Because we we got both got married on Saturday, one week apart. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. June seventh yeah. was a Saturday. May thirty first was a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, same year, back in uh, two thousand three. Yeah, literally one week apart. Yeah. And it was, and we were getting married at the same time. And I remember you asking me when when we were getting married so that you would make sure to put it on a different day. So the right. So we had people were involved in both weddings. Right. And, and the irony though is uh, someone who went to college because David and I went to college together. Uh, another guy that we went to college with ended up getting married on the same day as me. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So but he didn't ask you. He didn't, he didn't ask me. We, we didn't necessarily run in the same circles, okay. you know? Um, so there, there was a few people who had to decide between Aaron's wedding and my wedding. Um, but like for you and I, I mean, we were totally in the same circles with oh, yeah. music and all that stuff. Brian sang in my wedding. Right. Brian sang no. in my wedding. <laughs> exactly. So. I, I, Brian play piano, uh, Scott sang, Sherry sang, John Ross played yeah. guitar. Um, Mrs. Yeah. Gibby was in my wedding. She played, yep. played so, for Brian. <laughs> 
Yeah, so we we had, so Dave and I had to coordinate which weeks. Uh, <laughs> so he got the month of May, and I got the month of June. Yeah, and <laughs> we were only a week apart, so now nice. we're now we're anniversary buddies. Yeah, of. man. So happy twelve years to you. You too. And happy twelve. Almost happy twelve yeah. years to me. Yeah, I mean twelve years. I mean at this point, it's been a full year. There's just a few days left. So yeah, yeah. It might as well. Might as well. But yeah. So, but it's the weather is turning around here. Everybody's kind of getting happy again. I know you got shorts on, man. Yeah. Look at you. Shorts and I got a Hawaiian shirt. T-shirt, yeah. What? We were pulling out the Rig Warren apparel. Absolutely. <laughs> I just need like some Birkenstocks and, you know, <laughs> I'd be perfect. Yeah. So, uh, but today uh, we recorded an interview with Dave of Garden City Project. And um, I think you're really going to enjoy it. I, I want to, we talk about this in the interview, but I want to set it up just a little bit because it kind of, works as a framework for everything that they're doing over there. And it's an, an idea of uh, from C.S. Lewis. And I couldn't remember in the interview what it was called, but it was called Transposition. And uh, I actually looked it up after I talked to Dave the last time. Um, and there was a picture, maybe it was actually from, from, their, from their site, um, but a picture where, you know, if you're like, if you're in a dark room, a, a room without any windows, but then there's a crack of light along the door. And if you... If you're in that room, you can see a lot of, like he says, d- dust particles in the air. Um, and when you look what the li- at the light, all you can really see though is the light. You can't see anything else. If you get your eye line to match up right with that with that light coming in, you're blinded basically by the light. And you can't see anything else. But it, but then if you turn around and see the rest of the room by the light that it illuminates, then you can see things. And so, yeah. uh, you know, just kind of a, a great uh, illustration for for our relationship with God, when we, you know, we look at the light, there's, there's a glory to God that, that cannot be explained and expressed. And when we are, when we're worshiping God, uh, our, our focus and attention ought to be entirely on that. And, and it, and it will when we, when we're in his presence, but then that light also needs to illuminate everything else about our lives. It needs to light up how we do what we've been given and called to do. And so, Mm. um, I think it's, I think you're really going to connect with the Garden City project and the Doxology project and all the stuff they've got going on, and uh, and so we'll jump right into the interview with Dave. Well, are you ready? To just jump right into things. Yep. So if we, uh, I was thinking we could just jump in and talk about Garden City, and you could just kind of explain it to us, and then whatever we have time for after that, we'll dig into it. Well, um, I guess I can just start Garden City. Um, kind of has a multifaceted uh, approach to it. Um, the big idea is to look at how Christians take all that we know about God and turn it into um, worship unto God and also help people reach people in mission to others. So it focuses on like um, how what we know about God transmits into our character and into our creativity, and it kind of makes its way out through our worship and into our mission. And, and everybody in the world really has a belief system, if they're Christian or not. Obviously, we, um, we um, embrace the Judeo-Christian worldview, which means that everything we put our hands to, whether it be in business or finance or church or education or media, basically um, it's going to bring about some kind of message. It's going to teach about God in some some way. So we really want to capture that. So one of the facets of the docs, uh, the Garden City Project is a blog called the Doxology Project, 
it's more than just a blog, but it does um, recruit different authors from all over the United States and the world, um, missionaries, church planners, as well as faculty on staff at um, churches, as well as institutions like colleges and seminaries to write in um, and help Christians think about how they think in all realms of society and how they can take whatever they're good at, whether and it doesn't have to be typical quote-unquote art. Um, it can Most people don't think of themselves as artists, um, but I think everybody thinks of themselves as an innovator. So they could be an engineer designing cities or designing buildings, and I believe they can help humanity in those spheres um, just as much as we can as artists who paint and songwrite. And so like I have a friend who he's a business owner, and he's made it his calling to uh, plant teach uh, people in China how to start businesses. And he started over 10,000 businesses um, over the past few years. Um, I can't remember how many years, but he started over 10,000 businesses. And one of his things is if they start a business, he teaches them how to provide for their family. Um, but one of the things they have to do is house a church inside of their business. Um, and that's one of the ways he keeps the underground church hidden. But he also helps people provide for their families. And just, a again, a wonderful example of how Someone uses the innovation that God's given their hands and uses it for ministry and turns it towards the church, and that's really what we want to do. So the Doxology Project really helps people think through their creativity in all spheres, um, but we also provide projects, um, one of which, like recently, uh, we just had a lady, she's hired on as a photojournalist. She goes around and just helps us um, think more deeply about the church calendar. Um, through photography. Um, we also did a project at Visible Music College um, called the Doctrine Creative where we just picked a bunch of doctrines and had people in the school that I teach at um, kind of analyze those doctrines through a creative platform like songwriting or we had a guy create a, a score, um, a musical score for the crucifixion. We had a lady do a spray paint mural for the creation. Um, we had poetry, we had photography, graphic design um, and just aiming their creative art at helping the body of Christ think through uh, topics about God or God himself and help us all understand him better. And I just, when, when we did that project, I was just deeply impacted by how thoughtful the artists were. And that's one thing artists bring. So the Doxology Project focuses on creating projects. And right now we're working with various colleges. We've got um, probably three that I can think of in the, in the mix that we're working with right now to create some more projects. Um, whether it be um, a songwriting creative of some kind, whether it be um, kind of a worship planning thing. And um, we're encouraging people to come and subscribe to the Doxology Project blog and kind of develop their worldview there, um, but also check out our projects. And if they can contribute, we have another exciting thing. If you contribute anything to the Doxology Project, um, it goes on to a site called Garden City Project. It's all part of the same site. Um, but part of the Garden City Project is it has the marketplace. And so let's say somebody contributes a graphic or a photo or they want to write a song or they have a research paper that they want to submit that helps us think through. I've got a couple people have done that. Um, they've written up research papers like we've, we're doing a project on the Book of John right now. And they've written up research papers helping us think through the Book of John. Just, again, their, their craft, uh, they'll, they, uh, they submit it, and if they do, uh, we give them a pro, uh, profile in the marketplace, and they can advertise their art there. They can connect people back to their social links, their websites, 
um, give a short bio, pictures, anything they want to put on their profile, we put it there and it focuses as a networking tool for Christian artists and innovators to see one another. That's what we want it to be as a big hub for people to connect. And so it becomes a great way to collaborate, a great way to learn, and also a great way to market themselves. So we're really encouraging people to come and um, give their creative work to Garden City, um, the Doxology Project, if they're writers, if they're creators, um, because we want to help launch their creative work. Like, for example, this photojournalist that I work with, um, she's done all of her photo work with us, and uh, people have seen her on the Garden City that would never have seen her in a in a larger network. She's now in a larger network now. They've seen her and solicited her for weddings and solicited her for other projects on photos. So it's helped grow her individual business um, as a Christian out in the marketplace helping people. Um, so that's connecting her to more lost people. It works as an evangelistic tool. So that's really what we want to see, a place not only for the church to really enjoy good creativity and to be edified by that, but also that these individual people out there doing their awesome work under the Lord, wherever they're at in the world, can also draw attention to what they're doing and hopefully um, advance their own mission in their own businesses and entrepreneurial work. So that's kind of that's kind of the the general idea behind Garden City. Wow. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very complex but at the same time unified approach to the arts and Christian life and, and tying in uh, – C.S. Lewis and uh, some of the stuff that you you and I had talked about before. I, I do kind of want to just let our audience know um, we we pushed the the timeline back on you, so we're trying to cram part of an interview in here before you have to take off. But um, so the uh, the thing though that you shared with me from C.S. Lewis, what what did you call that? Um. So the the idea. Um, from C.S. Lewis is called Transpositions. Yeah. Came from him really, he was walking through the woods one day and saw a cabin and through the light, through the cabin, through a crack in the cabin, a light streamed. And so he kind of, you know, we've done those things where we've kind of stood along the light and we can look along it and we can see the dust kind of dancing through it and along the light and he could see the, the light, the dust particles dancing, and, you know, the trees were illumined and made, made beautiful. And, but then he said when he stepped into the light and he looked straight down the beam, everything in the world was eclipsed, and all he could see was this light that took over everything. And he said it's kind of like that with the kingdom is that you can't really see beyond that cabin wall. The reality is we live in a world where the true vision of God, true reality, the heaven behind the cosmos is kind of obstructed. And But God shines through, through all kinds of things. He transposes himself through everything. So he can point to himself and say, point to creation like when Jesus said, I am like that seed or faith is like that seed or I, this is like a fig tree or the kingdom of God is like a virgin or the kingdom of God is like a lamp or a light. He can point to these things and say, well, the kingdom of God is kind of like those things. And so really all of life is transpositional. We can look along a tree. We can look along blades of grass and birds singing and skies and clouds and mountains. We can look along all of creation and it opens up all of life and all of life becomes theological and all of life comes alive really, um, with the truths of God. And that's one of the ways he speaks. And, you know, in the Psalms, it talks about God's love being, 
you know, deeper than the oceans or his righteousness stretching higher than the mountains. Um, he, he always likens his character to things in creation because there's just limited perspective. And so C.S. Lewis's idea was that um, we don't look at creation and worship it like maybe a Buddhist or a Hindu that you'd find God, you know, intertwined in the creation. And we also don't do what a deist does and look at creation and say, well, God's so detached from creation that he's not involved here anymore. What we should do is use creation as a lens that we look along. And um, this is a way to approach even the sacraments. We look along the bread, we look along the wine, and we see the true reality of the bread of life or the, the Passover lamb that was spilled. Those things were not meant to be important in and of themselves. They were meant to lead us to true realities behind that cabin wall. And so, like our photojournalist, she's doing a transposition series right now, helping us understand the church calendar. So she takes like um, images for like like on Epiphany, she took the dove. Um, just we just recently did a blogging post on the Ascension where we looked at the clouds. Um, we've done a series on the tree and looking at Scripture and looking theologically what God would want us to see and learn from the tree or the clouds. And we'll keep doing that, just helping us to develop a whole worldview, really, of how to see creation um, biblically and um, recognize how God speaks to us in creation as well as through his word. Um, but if again, if we just see creation and worship creation, we become pagans. But if we worship God and, and learn who he is through the scripture, and then we learn to interpret the creation through his word, we can actually become deeper Christians. And that was C.S. Lewis's approach to all of life. And we're just taking it and applying it to um, art in particular. But this is how it opens up all of life to the, the artist who puts a paintbrush on a canvas to an engineer who, um, you know, clicks a mouth on, mouse on a computer screen or um, sticks their hands to a piece of steel and bends it. Whatever it is, God has hidden some of his truth in all of that. So we not only want people to share that, but we want people to experience that for themselves, just that worldview of anything they're doing throughout the day, a chance to share him with others and a chance to experience him for themselves. Now, you shared a little bit about C.S. Lewis and, and how that was some inspiration uh, for for some of what you're doing here with the Garden Project. Uh, can you give us a little bit of history? Tell us kind of uh, when it started, where it started, and how it started. Well, um, the Garden City Project, the Doxology blog really began last June where we started kind of, um, I began just discussing some stuff with some buddies of mine in different institutions and I'm part of Acts 29 Church Plane Network. Yeah, so I started getting in some conversations with um, just different, well, it's been years really. This vision has started with me probably since I was saved a long, a, back when I was 17. I'm 33 now, 16 years um, I started working as a worship pastor and um, just cultivating music um, amongst my own congregation and just became um, honestly disenchanted and dissatisfied with how little um, resources there were to really look at not just worship as music, but worship as all of life. There's so many tools that kind of confine worship to the, the worship leader, quote unquote, the musician. And so I just started kind of going on a quest. Um, it led me to get a master's degree, it led me now I'm getting a doctorate in worship, trying to understand historically how we got here, not just through um, just where the music, but all of life, um, Christians worshiping him, not only gathered together, but scattered out into the world. 
And uh, so that led to Garden City, led to conversations with my colleagues, led to conversations with um, guys from different networks. I'm part of Acts 29 and uh, Build, B-I-L-D Network, uh, Church Plan Networks, and um, just started speaking with guys like that, and they were interested. They're all generate, they're all kind of trying to nurture artists in their own context, nurture the, this worldview um, into everybody, because again, every church fights over music, every church fights over worship, it seems, and every church seems to have the problem where it kind of, um, I guess, separates the right and left brain people, the creatives from the mathematicians or the engineers, and a desire to bring this back to say that, no, God put his His image in all of us to be creators, co-creators, that we can't create from nothing, but there's a rhythm where God sc- scooped up dust and he blew into it. Um, and created man, we were his first act of pottery, and that same act is done in all of creation where we gra- gather these raw materials, we breathe our message into them, and they come to life, whether it be a song or a building um, or architecture. So that's where kind of the vision started to stir, so we began the blog. The blog started to gather some authors. Um, we have probably about 20 authors. Um, they're all The blog is new, so it got up around January. We spent about six months gathering artists or and authors, and so the blogs are slowly rolling out. There's about 20 people that have um, committed to it, but um, they're slowly rolling out. Probably over the next year or a couple of years, we'll start to see everybody um, start coming through. And then we started the projects this year um, with Visible Music College. That was one in Memphis, Tennessee. We uh, uh, it was an or- it's a school started by Ken Stewart's, um the the begin the originator of the band Skillet. Um, and so he's president of that school now. And him and I became friends through a mutual connection. And we started a project there. We came out with the Doctrine Creative. Um, this week I'll be flying out and working with a studio engineer who's caught the idea in Nashville and we're producing a psalm album. Um, I work with this photojournalist who caught the vision and slowly but surely um, I've run into institutions and stuff that have seen this as a viable option, not only just to, you know, they're already giving their classes projects and they see, wow, we can give them projects. They're already creatively getting inspired in college, but now they can post these things for the wider church to enjoy and also that it can maybe even give them a profile on a network site so that down the road you know our alumni of our seminary can network together collaborate post their own work launch their own businesses um, they see it as a way to continue the education of their students and I find that churches are doing the same thing too that's kind of how it's kind of evolved up until today well, so I know you got to take off, um, and we, but we wanted to give our audience a chance to get to know uh, get to know what's going on with Garden City and the Doxology Project, and then we are going to uh, get another chance here in the in the near future to talk to Dave and and uh, get get more information, maybe come up with a project that we're working on as as a group over at Worship Ministry Catalyst, and just kind of see how we can contribute to all of that. Uh, from from different platforms, different uh, worship networks, and just uh, kind of all joined together as the kingdom of God, and uh, and uh, hopefully shine bright the light that we've seen, and uh, and uh, let the world see the light at the same time, and and at the same time let let the light that we've seen change how we see the world. So, uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, we'll, we will be in touch very soon and uh, get you on another couple episodes and, and dig a little deeper into this.
Well, yeah, I appreciate you guys ha um, having me on and um, all the work that you guys do as well. And, you know, in the meantime, if people want to kind of go on and, um, you know, to a Garden City on Twitter or um, go to thegardencityproject.com and just check us out, like us, or um, just um, follow us, um, sign up for our blog. Or if you're creative out there and you want to contribute, you have some cool ideas, we're looking for this to really become everybody's work. I, I really don't have a vision other than just I want to help other people get connected and I want to help other people launch what God has made important to them. And if it's if it's anything creative, it's in line with the scripture and it glorifies Jesus, we want to try to make a way for that. So I'm hoping that people will see it as an avenue, not just to, to soak up the content, but also to contribute their own and uh, see it as a way to edify the body worldwide. Fantastic. Very good. Thank you again for uh, for your time, especially on a tight schedule and on a on a busy day for you. Thanks for uh, giving up your time. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys, and uh, look forward to talking more. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Dave. All right, thank you guys. Have a good one. Take you care. too. Bye. So there's your first little taste. Yeah, of, uh, good of the, stuff. Of the Garden City, and uh, yeah, what were your thoughts? What did you? No, I mean, you know, my my uh, my comment, my thought was. You know, he's one of those guys that just he lives and breathes uh, this whole concept of art and creativity within art and using the creativity that God's given us for the glory of God. And, you know, as you listen to him talk, I mean, he's just kind of it's just coming out of his pores, yeah, you know, yeah. like like literally just, you know, uh, he exudes and embodies everything that, that he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that's really cool, you know, for, for a guy who lives and breathes what he believes. Yeah. And, you know, it really ties in with a lot of stuff that we've talked about in the past on the podcast. And, um, you know, I think something that I th really for years, I mean, almost from the very beginning, we've talked about creativity and how, um, worship is not limited to music. And a lot of times that's just how we define worship is as, you know, when we talk about worship, it's the musical portion of the service, you know, and all of our efforts are, are kind of focused on, on music and, and the, the majority of our efforts probably ought to be focused on music because of, of the Psalms and the musical history of, of our faith and the, and those kinds of things. And, but at the same time, uh, there is a lot of creative expression that can glorify God. And, um, I, you know, I think that's one of the great things that, that we hear from Garden City. One of the, some of the great things we've talked about over the years and uh, with the ebook that you can get for free, free ebook. Free. I mean, who doesn't want something free creation emancipation? Just uh, send us an email, sign up to the email list. You can get that for free and download that and kind of get uh, my thoughts on the topic. But um, yeah, I think that's one of the, one of the really missing components of, of modern day faith is the, the, uh, what would you say global mindset of creativity as opposed to just being narrowly focused on music yeah and so so make sure you go check that out and then make sure to tune back in uh later as we as we talk to dave some more and we're uh, gonna try to come up with some kind of project that we can work on and and uh get get some uh, some of our audience so if you're looking for an opportunity to get involved in something creative uh, you can you can go over to Garden City and start there, or you can join us when we get that going, and you know see what we can see what we can turn out. Yeah, absolutely. so 
All right. Well, thanks for listening. Episode 155 in the can. Uh, you can find us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst. You can send an email to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can leave a voicemail at 360-818-4339. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. <laughs>